All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Digital Dive Podcast. This is the podcast where, of course, we talk about a ton about technology, a little bit about our social lives and like how we kind of run our lives outside of the YouTube space. My name is Darsh. I am one of the co-hosts, and I'm joined by my awesome co-host, Jacqueline. Jacqueline, what's going on? Haven't talked to you in like a week. Yeah, no, Darsh and I, every single time we start this, we're like, who's going to start this intro? <laughs> and <laughs> this time it was you, Darsh, so next time I'll have to hype you up. Welcome to the conversation around tech. This week's episode is absolutely loaded. The S21, the day we're recording this, it just came out. I got my unit in. So this is going to be a first impressions episode. And then the following week, we'll have like more of a full review after I've had some time to test it. But there's so much we talk about. And I think Darsh, let's just hop into it because we literally have so much to this episode. Honestly, yeah. So first and foremost, Samsung today announced the Galaxy S21, S21 Plus, and S21 Ultra and gave everyone really their first look at it. And on top of all of that, they also released the Galaxy Buds Pro. And I believe they also partnered with a couple of, what was it, car brands so that you could have like the car keys on your phone the same way that Apple did at their last WWDC. And yeah, so today they announced the S21, S21 Plus and S21 Ultra. Jacqueline, what are your overall first, what's your first impression about the S21? So on first impressions, the S20 Ultra last year was kind of like disappointing to a lot of people because it had the autofocus issues. It was priced really high and it just did not offer enough value for the price because of the camera. Mm -hmm, yeah, That actually was one of the phones that got in the worst category of my roundup this year. And it seems like on initial impression, Samsung has redeemed themselves. First of all, the pricing is just a lot better. The S21, S21 Plus, and then the S20 Ultra, or S21 Ultra, those kind of, they have a much broader pricing structure. So like there's kind of something for everyone. As we see companies kind of go more towards this software-based business model and the product moving away from just selling products and going more towards selling services as well. They need to offer a lot of devices that are accessible, price accessible to consumers. So the S21 Ultra is not that, which is why they need the S21 regular version. So I'm excited about the lineup. Mm -hmm. Darsh, for you, if you had to buy one, which one would you get off initial impressions? From the limited amount of knowledge I do have on the devices at this current time, Personally, I would probably just go for the plus just because I feel like I am a power user when it comes. Okay, here's the thing. So when it comes to iPhones, I'm not a power user. When it comes to Android phones, I'm a huge power user because I like to spec out my Android phone to, to everything. Like I set up my home screen to be perfect. I have all these different commands and setup and setups with Google Assistant and like my integration with everything in my smart home is just perfect. And I feel like just having like a more powerful phone just makes it all the easier. So I'd probably just go S S21 plus or S21 Ultra, like 100%. I think that's probably where I'd end up going. I also do like big phones when it comes to Android phones because their screens are so nice. iPhone screens are good, but like they're not really that good. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, no, I think I think <laughs> that's like not even a controversial take. Samsung has the best displays on any smartphone. Their AMOLED displays have been leading the market for years. 100%. And dude, they just added in iComfort Shield, like a blue light protection, which I think is great because the displays are 6.2 and 6.7 inches on the S21 and S21 Plus respectively. And because of that, like that's a lot of blue light to be looking at all the time. And we use our phones for hours every single day. So happy that they're doing that. We also have 120 Hertz again this year. Ooh, I like that. I saw that. I like that. Right, dude. Yeah. The max brightness is 1500 nits max on the ultra. And also on the ultra, you have the ability to have 120 Hertz plus QHD plus. So you don't have to decide between resolution and refresh rate, which is really nice. Okay. That's very interesting. My, okay. Well, I'm really excited for it. This is only for the Ultra. And I just like, I, I I just remember this right now. And I just wanted to bring it up. The S Pen integration. I thought this was a very interesting move on Samsung part. It really takes and blurs the border between what the S20 line, so the S lineup is and the Note lineup. Yeah. I mean, it's cool that they're adding that, but there's no convenient place to put it in the phone. No, I know. It's not like you can just tuck it away. So it's kind of a weird, a weird thing. Well, there's, there's a case. Yes. 
there is, which is cool. But like natively, it's it's not as much a part of the experience as it is on like the No Twenty Ultra. Yeah, like I like I completely that's like I, I get that, and that's what that's what I'm kind of confused about because it's kind of like why are they bringing the S Pen into this lineup of devices if it's not meant for this lineup of devices. Don't get me wrong here. The, the S lineup of devices are meant for the general consumer and for the consumer who aren't super, super power hungry, like the Note consumers are. The Note consumers are very, very power hungry. They want everything the S lineup has as well as the overall like S Pen integration because they like it for whatever reason. I'm not a big fan of the S Pen integration, but that's just me. Kind of a hot take on that. I think that they could be doing this because a couple of years from now, they might phase out the Note line just my opinion, but I kind of think that that's maybe where we're headed because the Note line is ultra premium and we're moving towards a market that maybe wants one ultra premium, like an S device, and then wants more things like the FE, which is like the fan edition, better priced phone. Yeah. So they may be doing that so then they don't alienate the audience that like loves the S Pen, but I'm not sure. 100%. I feel feel that makes sense. And I wouldn't be surprised with that either, given the fact that the S20 lineup or the S21 lineup, sorry, and the Ultra Edition especially is already super pricey and it's already offering top of the line specs all the way through. Whether that be the 6.8 inch display with 120 hertz refresh rate, 12 gigs of RAM, 5,000 milliamp hour battery, up to 512 gigs of storage, and that's SSD storage too. So even, well, I mean, no phone has hard drive storage. It's all SSD. Still, but, still, <laughs> still pretty good. <laughs> still, still, still like an SSD. Still a good SSD. Still, it's still a good SSD. It's a Samsung SSD. And then they have a Qualcomm's uh, Snapdragon 888. 888. How, how, how are we going to say that? Is it 888? Is it going to be 888? 888? I think it's going to be that one. Yeah. Ah, I don't like that. I feel like I just call it Snapdragon 888. Maybe really? <laughs> Does that feel better to you, man, than the 800? Yeah. Kind of a mouthful. You're right. As I was trying to say it back to you. Yeah. 888 is just easy. <laughs> Why would you say 888? Valid. If you can just say 888. That is valid. Like, that's so quick. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just me. Like, Dude, I was trying to like be like, what the hell? And then as I was trying to say it back to you, I was like, yeah, no, not convenient. Yeah, it's not convenient, right? That's what I'm saying. It's not, man. But regardless, though, the Ultra is an absolute beast of a phone. So I wouldn't be surprised if they decided to take the route less traveled and just kind of cut out the Note lineup, even though it's such a legacy lineup when it comes to the Samsung line of phones. Here's the deal with the Note line. The Note line stood for a bigger phone and a productivity master. And now the S21 Ultra is kind of becoming that as well without the S Pen, which is like kind of fundamental to the Note line. But I don't know. I I could see them transitioning from that. They're making some interesting choices across the board. The S21 has the Galastic again, which is um, controversial, to say the least. I personally... Do not love the Glossic. It doesn't feel the best to me. I don't know if they've changed the texture on it. I'm obviously going to have to like feel it and touch it to contextualize it. But mm-hmm. the actual design from afar looks awesome. I-, I know it's like also kind of a controversial design. Like some people love it. Some people don't. I freaking love it, to be honest. I need to see it in person. Yeah. Like especially the two-tone design. I-, I need to see it in person. Like the purple and pink, like light pink looks like it, it, just, it just looks kind of childish. Like it looks very flamboyant and childish, I guess. That's probably the best way I can sum it up. The black one though. The Okay. Okay. What, what what was the what was the tagline? What was the marketing line they used for the black? They really hyped up the black one in the announcement. Yeah, but they didn't they say that it was a specific name, like a type of black, or they were reteaching what black was. Yeah, they 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 kind of made it seem like they revolutionized it. It looks so yeah, they called it phantom black, but it looks so sweet. Phantom black, that's what it, it was on the tip of my tongue the entire time. I'm so sorry I cut you off there, but I was no. on the tip of my tongue <laughs> no, for no, no, so no. long, dude. Yeah, I mean it's it looks sweet. I'm glad that it's on all the phones. That would have sucked if it wasn't. Oh yeah, on 100%. like the regular S. S20 as well, or the S21. Wow, why is that so hard? S21. Something about it just does not feel natural. I keep saying S20. Because it's S21, but at the same time, it's like 2021, and we're so 
used to still saying 2020. So maybe everything with in line with is like S20, S21. Yeah, maybe. 2020, 2021. Like, like I still say 2020 by accident. Like it's the second week of January and I'm still saying 2020 by accident. Dude, it's because 2020 was such a monumental year of a lot of terrible things and like anxiety about it still. Flashball memory, flashball memory. That's a psychology. Moving on <laughs> away from 2020. <laughs> I just want to quickly mention here, S21 Ultra, it has the 108 megapixel main camera with the 9 to 1 pixel bidding, 12-bit RAW. But the thing that I'm super excited about is the two telephoto lenses. So it has 10x periscope and a 3x lens. They both have OIS. I think that Samsung is super excited about this because zoom is one of the areas that Samsung can just clearly wipe the floor with Apple. Apple does not have that. The regular 12 has like five times zoom. The other ones have 10x, but Having the combined really good zoom with the two telephoto, it makes a huge difference. And even on the S21 and S21 Plus, there's better zoom than there is on the iPhone. So that's an area that Samsung continues to excel in. The other area that I think they're really trying to push this year is video quality. I'm obviously going to do an MPT style camera comparison. So if you guys want that, definitely check out the channel. But yeah, I'm excited to see if those are just numbers on paper or if they actually result in better quality. Camera, I think is going to be really good and I'm excited to see how it works out, but I'm not sure if it's going to hold up. Something I've been kind of thinking about a little bit is, you know, every single year, it seems like like cameras on smartphones are just, they're just adding an extra camera to, to the list. Yeah. Like this year on the back, there like looks like five sensors on there. Do you think there's ever going to be a time where phones are going to start selling different lenses for the cameras. You know, the same way we carry on DSLRs and we have different lenses for them or mirrorless cameras, whatever it may be. And we have different lenses for those cameras. Do you think phones will ever get to that level? Because sensors keep getting bigger. What if the sensor is just big enough that you can just change the lens on the back? I won't ever say never. I don't see that happening and I could totally be wrong here, but I don't see that being a mainstream thing. I think that what's going to happen is that they're going to get better at making the sensor better in the camera without having to add a new one. Because I think that the customer and the consumer values convenience above all else. And there will always be like the niche market of like moment lenses, which I think are incredible and things like that. But I don't know. I'd be surprised if like we saw camera modules go mainstream. Maybe there'll be like a special device that has it. But I think the thing that we're actually more likely to see is an improvement in ultra wide cameras because they're great as like a specialty lens but a lot of times on smartphones they don't compare to the regular one in color accuracy and things like that and the other thing i think that we're going to see possibly is a company like sony or canon work with a smartphone manufacturer to get the computational photography that like google has and bring it over to a dslr i think that we could see a collaboration in that way but i don't think that we'll see on a device that modular cameras maybe not modular cameras i meant meant more so in the sense like imagine a kit lens was just your normal lens and then you had an additional piece that comes on top of it that creates the 10 times telephoto zoom, but it becomes actual 10 times zoom in terms of the lens. Not, it's not just artificially being zoomed in, for example. That's more so what I was referring to. For like the pro, for like the pro, pro consumer. Yeah, I, I mean, a moment kind of already has done that with certain things like anamorphic or yeah. fisheye. So I think that there's definitely a market for it, but I don't think that that will be something that like Apple comes out with. I think that, I think it'll be third party. Okay, yeah, like OEMs probably won't come out with it. Okay. But you know one thing that they do come out with, especially Samsung comes out with, they come out with the S Pen. And the S Pen is now available for an extra, what is it, $40 on top of the phone? 70 if you get the bundle with the case and the phone itself. That's a real Apple move there. Yeah, I'm surprised that they're not including it in the pre-order, to be honest. They should actually. In the pre-order, I feel like that's the best way to do it because it kind of just teases people with the, hey, here's an S Pen for free. Play with it. See if you like it. And if you don't, it's fine. However, dude, the pre-order of the S21 Ultra has Galaxy Buds Pro. See, that's the thing. So Samsung throws in all these cool fancy features, all these things I do love. Thank you, Samsung. But it's just it's just crazy to see it. Okay, but speaking of Galaxy Buds Pro, like do you want do you want to 
talk about that a little bit because that was announced today too, right? Yeah, let's do it. I'll give my first impression on those. I haven't tested them long enough to give a review yet. I, I haven't even opened them yet. I know they just arrived. So I love Galaxy Buds actually. I was shocked by the Galaxy Buds Live. I never made a full review on them actually on the channel, but I talked about them at Web Summit and I don't know, I'm kind of toying with the idea of doing a full review, but mm -hmm. they freaking blew me away. They sound so much better to me than AirPods Pro, Pixel Buds, they're so much fuller. You have much more control of the sound. You can change different audio profiles from like bass boost to more treble. Like there's a lot that you could play around with. The shape is really interesting. I did put them in backwards for like a solid 10 minutes when I first got them before I realized. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why does this sound so bad? And then I was like, yeah, I'm an idiot. Super impressive. Galaxy Buds Pro. I th I preferred the design of the Galaxy Buds Live to the Pro. The Pro is a little bit bigger in the ear, but I'm stoked about them now. I wouldn't have been a month ago before I started testing out the Live, but now having tested that and hearing the sound quality, I'm really excited for the Pro. All right, so just a little bit of a breakdown for all of our listeners who don't know what we're talking about. So basically today with the Galaxy S21, 21 Plus, and 21 Ultra, Samsung also came out with a brand new set of earbuds, the Galaxy Buds Pro. I guess it's literally a competitor with the AirPods Pro. And in terms of what they created was essentially an amazing set of headphones from what they're claiming that are earbuds, they have auto uh, active noise cancellation and ambient sound modes. So similar to the active noise cancellation and the transparency mode available on the pros, but they also offer IPX7 water resistance, meaning that you can probably take them on a run and so they'll be sweat proof, even with a little bit of a couple of splashes here and there of water, which could be cool in the rain. It offers a total of 18 hours of playtime with the active noise cancellation on and 28 hours with it off. So that's ear earbuds of five hours for the active noise cancellation and eight hours with it off. And then with the case, it offers the extra couple hours. This is not just a little change for the Galaxy Buds Plus. It's basically like they combined the Galaxy Buds Plus and the Galaxy Buds Live and created a brand new design. It has USB Type-C, the wireless charging, obviously. And I think for $200, it's a really solid deal. Honestly, yeah. Obviously, I'm going to have to test it and see if it sounds good. But from the outside looking in, it looks really good. And the design is a million times sleeker than the Galaxy Buds Plus. Yeah, I'm really excited, especially with the new colors too. Seeing them in Phantom Black, Phantom Violet, and Phantom Silver. I don't know why they added Phantom in front of everything this year. Regardless. Dude, they always do something like that. Like anytime there's a color, they can't just be like it's black. blue. It's always got to be like <laughs> something Phantom else. Black. Yeah, I don't know. It, 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 it's definitely a cool marketing ploy. And I like the Phantom Black because it's very black. And it looks, it looks like a really cool matte black. So I'm excited for it. I would love to test these out. So Samsung, if you're listening, please... Please, please, I would love to test these out and talk about it on my channel. Dude, they're, they're claiming 99% ANC. I don't know about all that. So that's what I mean. So they're claiming 99% ANC. And then on top of all that, they also have a windshield. I saw that, yeah. Built into the design. So it's basically like a chamber slash this mesh design that's integrated into the body of the earbud itself. And supposedly what it's supposed to do is help for when you're like running or like just generally going out in the wind. It won't pick up the wind in your ears or it'll, and it'll offer some airflow in your ears so you don't feel like you're in a vacuum when your active noise cancellation's on. I think it's also for like the microphone capability, right? Because it has three microphones, two outer and one inside. Yeah, so you're right. That's like what the windshield's going to be huge for as well. Because like that wind noise when you're on the phone with someone is so annoying. Mm -hmm. You want to just be like, stop moving. Like the wind is driving me nuts. And um, that should definitely help. Yeah. Kind of big day for Samsung, to be honest. It's a lot of really great stuff. And I think that they needed this. Last year, they had a lot of really great devices, but they also had a couple that flopped, like the regular Note 20 and the S20 Ultra. Yeah. So I think that this is a redemption story. I think that they listened to feedback, which is great. They listen to reviewers and they listen to their customers and they adjust and it, this seems hopeful. I'm very excited about all three products. Four, actually. 
Right? Four. Yeah, forks, three phones, and the earbuds. Was that miss- am I missing anything from the event today? Maybe there was other stuff, but those are the things that I'm like mainly hyped about because they announced like some partnerships and stuff. But yes, this is true. This is like where I'm at. This is what I'm hyped about. Yeah, exactly. You know what else is actually something I'm really hyped about right now? Yeah. So I went on Amazon today and I decided I wanted to get a candle. And I thought that the best, this is like super random and just kind of out there. But basically, I wanted to get a candle. And can you guess what scent I got for this candle? I'm going to guess a new Mac. New Mac? That's a scent? Yeah, dude. There's like the product smell of like getting a new apple product oh my gosh i would love that that's great maybe i have to look at that one no i picked up an espresso uh scented shut up no you did not okay no, i think you're es- going with this yeah <laughs> i picked up an espresso <laughs> scented candle because i basically started doing this new routine in the mornings where i'll get up out of bed and the first thing i'll do is like so i used to work out and then start my day now i just start my day get to work and i work out in the evenings before i have dinner just so i can get like as much nutrients in my body right after dude you're gonna get a late start today with your workout oh no i already did it uh today, like i i alternate i'll explain that i'll explain that another time maybe if the if the audience wants to hear more about my workout regime i'll, I'll include that later but basically what i started doing is i started making my room in the mornings in my apartment feel like a coffee house because i can't actually go to a coffee house oh my so gosh I picked up a coffee scented candle so it makes my room smell like coffee i have coffee house uh it's a playlist on spotify i recently switched over to spotify from apple music uh, not don't we have to mention that but i did we got to talk about that next episode why you switch 100 percent. but yeah so coffee house vibes i got the music and then i make coffee myself every morning either and i change up the, the order every single day so it kind of gets some flavors i'm buying some syrups and stuff to make it like make it like i'm going to a coffee house and yeah so i ordered a coffee flavored and coffee scented candle i think it's been great and I know it's late in the day, but don't you want another coffee, Jacqueline? Just by me telling you all those things? Wouldn't you love another coffee right now? I actually finished my coffee and I'll turn <laughs> on my camera to prove this right now, Darsh. Look at this. This is full when we started. Oh, I remember. So now, That's massive. Oh my goodness. Empty. Yeah. For anyone that's listening, uh, it's the MBT cold brew like custom cup that has a ton of ounces in here and I finished it because I'm obsessed with coffee. I need you to send me that link, Darsh. No joke. I'm going to buy it right now. And in order to buy it, I need a quick break. So... We're going to take a quick break. I'm going to order this coffee candle and then we'll be right back. And we're going to talk about Google purchasing Fitbit, digital car keys, and some other stuff that we like this week. 100%. Be right back. Candle equals ordered. And we're going to hop right back into this. So welcome back to (laughs) Digital Dive part two of this episode. Darsh, give us like a summary of what's going on with Google and Fitbit because I feel like there's so much to unpack here and a lot to talk about in like the digital health space. All right. So I guess the overall overarching story behind it is Google has basically bought Fitbit and not for any low sum of money. No, no, no. It was for a whopping $2.1 billion acquisition. It was announced today and it honestly, it's just insane. Just the idea that Google has bought like Fitbit after Fitbit bought Pebble really has me thinking a lot about what the future of, I guess, just digital health is going to be, as well as overall wearables, especially coming from Google. Because literally just imagine this, right? Google's already creating hardware. They've never created a smartwatch, not just them themselves. And imagine now Google buying Fitbit using their factories, using their design uh, design teams to build a watch that's going to be running Google, like Android OS. The digital health space as a whole is kind of heating up. I use um, the Aura Ring and I've had it for about like a month now. Mm-hmm. It's actually like amazing. And I'm actually, I'm working with them on a sponsorship that you guys will see on my channel coming up. This podcast obviously is not sponsored. I love it. It does like sleep tracking and it actually kind of blows my mind with what it knows. Like last night I went to bed super late and I had skipped dinner because I had eaten like a late lunch or something. doesn't matter. And I ate cereal like literally right before bed, like 10 minutes before that was like my dinner. And then the next morning, like when I woke up, it was like 
your sleep was a little bit less restful. Did you eat dinner too close to bed? And I was like, what the hell? Like, how does it know that? That's incredible. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And then the next night I went to bed super late and I felt really tired in the morning and it said that I did not get enough REM sleep because I went to bed too late. And then um, like today I woke up and I also did not get enough REM sleep and it had told me that my room was too warm, which I just, it's incredible. Like it tracks your body temperature and all these other things. And it's like sleep in a cooler environment to get better REM sleep. So the digital health scene, they just like signed a partnership with the NBA. Like it's really heating up for every product. And what's interesting about the ring is that it doesn't do the same thing as like a smartwatch. Like it's not like your notification hub or things like that. And Mm -hmm. Fitbit is not really either. The Fitbit watch was never great at notifications or like viewing pictures or other things. It was mainly health tracking. Yeah. So the health tracking space as a whole is just heating up now. And it's super interesting and exciting to see. Honestly, yeah, I'm really excited for that. And I think that's really interesting as well as you bring that up on the topic of just overall health wear. So I think I mentioned last episode, I picked up an Apple watch or I got one gifted to me for Christmas. And I, I wear it a lot, especially in quarantine. I just find it so much more useful just so I don't have to keep my phone on me at all times. And one of the cool things I have in my life that's actually a a must, I'd say, for coffee drinkers. So I have an Ember mug. It's basically a smart mug that regulates heat temperature, but also connects with the health app on your phone. So every time I have coffee now, it alerts my health app that I'm consuming caffeine because when I put the drink in the cup, the cup itself will ask me in the app, what am I drinking? And I'll say whatever I'm drinking. And I have have different presets set. So I have a preset for whenever I make an Americano in the mornings, or if it's the evening and I'm deciding to have a cappuccino, then I'll, I'll put a cappuccino or a latte. I'll like set it up so that it'll know that I'm drinking coffee and I'll put it like to a full cup for an Americano. And then I'll put it for like almost a full cup for a cappuccino, but like a little bit of milk because that's how, that's how I serve it for myself and so on and so forth. So that all gets sync sunk with my health stuff. So imagining all that in the Google ecosystem, because it doesn't exist yet, Fitbit being bought and acquired by Google is actually going to make some huge waves. And I'm very excited for it, especially considering how at the end of October, there were rumors about a Pixel Watch. And I want to see it. Google, if you're listening, I expect a Pixel Watch 2021. I think the health space as a whole is uh, really interesting for a few reasons. I think like it will help us create strides in actual healthcare. If you can get the anonymous data of millions of Americans, you can see trends of like, okay, what symptoms do people often get before they get diagnosed with an autoimmune disease or diabetes or cancer? Are there specific trends in what they eat, what they do every day? Like, do they exercise? Do they not? I think like having all that data, if people opt in, will be huge for a company like Google to aggregate it and then provide that to researchers and things like that. Obviously, they would have to like be transparent about the fact that they're doing that. But oh, hundred percent. That's literally that's literally selling your data. But <laughs> yeah, although like a lot of a lot of times with Apple or like other companies, like they'll say like, can we anonymously track like the way you use your computer like when programs crash i think it'd be like a similar thing where you could opt Mm -hmm. in yeah yeah that would actually be great for the greater good but it's also a little concerning because like that can go south real quick if like suddenly a company knows everything about you Mm -hmm. i don't know i'm excited about it though i think that the health space is going to be one that grows a lot in the decade in the next decade especially after this pandemic i think a lot of people are really health conscious now oh 100 they've seen that a lot of comorbidities make you more likely to unfortunately pass away from covid and i think a lot of people are trying to maybe like get into better shape or i don't know do things to help them monitor their sleep a little bit better or just like things like that so there's definitely an opportunity here for google to acquire fitbit create a fitness tracking device and kind of grow that industry as well. I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited for it too. Like, I don't know if you're very familiar with the smartwatch space when it comes to like Fossil and their their connection with Google's Wear OS or any of the other brands that have worked with Google in the past on creating smartwatches. Like, have you checked those out or like seen them around? Yes, I've definitely seen Fossil. I'm not like super well versed. So by all means, give us like an education right now on it if you are aware. I'm pretty aware into it just because I'm a huge watch person. So just in general, like I usually have a watch on me no matter what time of year it is, whatever 
whatever I'm doing, I always have a watch, whether it will be a smart watch now moving forward or an analog watch, I'll always have one. And for a while I looked into the fossil ones. So essentially it's running Google OS. For a short period of time, I actually did have a Moto 360. I bought one used off some guy and then sold it like a month later because it was just the first version. It was horrendous. And that was the first smartwatch that came out with Google's Wear OS. And I thought that it was a really well done design because it was circular and they had the it had the overall leather bands and just it was just it felt so nice, but it was slow and it didn't have the proper OS on it. The OS was too buggy. But now as Wear OS is created and reiterated every single year and how it's just advanced over time. I feel like the integration within a Fitbit is just going to be dope. The same way that Fitbit took Pebble. Do you remember Pebble watches? Uh, Maybe just me. Of course. So I had a Pebble. I had a Pebble Steel. I actually had two of them because one of them broke and I called Pebble and the warranty sent me a new one. And then the old one was fixed with a software update. Anyway, I had two Pebbles. I I loved Pebble and then Pebble got bought by Fitbit. Now Fitbit's getting bought by Google. Now you can only imagine where this is going to go because Pebble was meant as a normal smartwatch. Fitbits were meant as for health. Now imagine what Google's going to do with both of the technology in their hand and they're already pre-existing Wear OS technology and software. There's so much potential. So much potential. And it has me just so excited because I want to see what Google would do because Google pushes the boundary when it comes to design, materials, and overall function of all of their products, especially the ones that are made in-house. So that's why I'm so excited. There's literally so much opportunity here. They spent so much money on it that I think they're really going to go all in and try to make something happen. Mm-hmm, exactly. But let, I want to I wanted to kind of move on here because there's so much unknown with it that we're kind of just going to have to wait and see. And we'll definitely do an update in the podcast. Check out my video in a couple of weeks. If you guys are interested in the Aura Ring, it will be like within a video. I'm super excited about it. Genuinely, like I only work with brands that I love and trust and I've been using it for a month. And wow, it's a lot of data. So I'm excited to see this health space continue to evolve. Obviously, again, this podcast not sponsored by them. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about digital car keys. I, I want to like dive into this because I don't know. I don't know about it. Okay. So do you remember WWDC? Last year, I think, is when Apple announced iOS 14 and said, we're going to integrate a BMW car key into your Apple wallet. Yes. Samsung's doing the same thing now, right? And I don't know how how to feel about it either because I don't use Samsung wallet or Samsung pay or whatever they have. I don't, I've never used it because my cards aren't supported on it. So I don't know the reliability or the safety put behind these different things. But I like the idea in concept, especially for people who have the Samsung Gear watches and Apple watches and stuff like that. People who have all these different smartwatches that are connected to their phones that also have integrations with their cars, I feel is really interesting. And I feel like the future of cars is just going to, it's starting to spiral into a really cool direction that I'm very excited for. Can I play like the advocate, the opposite advocate for this? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. And again, I'm excited about it too, but two issues come to mind for me. Let's say it's like connected on your watch. Like it's easy to steal someone's watch and like, make a run for it and steal their car is one. And then the second thing is like, if your phone or like your watch dies, let's say we enter into a future where there's no physical key anymore. That really concerns me because I am so irresponsible. Maybe this is a me thing, but my phone is often at 1%. And if I cannot get into my car because my phone was dead, I'd be like all types of stressed. Okay. So to kind of, kind of go back and forth a little bit with you there, because I think this could be a really, really good conversation. Okay. So for one, if it were to come to a point where your phone would die, I imagine they would have some type of safety implication. The same way that if you have a fob key for your car, if the fob key dies, how are you supposed to get into the car? And how are you supposed to turn on the car if it's key, if it's pushed to start, right? So Mazda, for example, they have keys integrated into the fob key so you can pull out the key and unlock the door. Then the alarm will go off. And then there is an NFC chip in the top of the fob key that you touch against the start button, the start engine, and it'll start, it'll turn on. So what I could imagine is that NFC chip in your phone 
still while being inactive would have some type of maybe some type of encrypt encryption uh, code on it. So whenever your phone's dead, you can still tap it onto the door handle to unlock it. I feel like that's a technology that we kind of already have that could just be slightly advanced and would still work. But as of right now, where digital car keys are integrated, you still have to have an actual key for the car. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I just think that we could get to a future where everything, like your phone becomes the nucleus of your life, like to unlock your front door. Oh, yeah. To change your thermostat to unlock your car like there's a future there where the phone becomes so important and it makes sense for companies to make it that way because then you always want the newest phone right like for samsung to integrate this you're always going to want the best one if it does every single thing in your life exactly but just as like a super irresponsible person it stresses me out a little bit i'm also incredibly excited about it but there's a fine line there where they would have to do something like you just said darsh to make it so like it's kind of the same way like with teslas a lot of people get like range anxiety yeah they know the tesla's great but they get anxious because gas stations are convenient and they're like a safety net. And if they don't have that and they run low on range, that's stressful. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I I think that there's going to be this, there needs to be a marketing campaign around the fact that it's not stressful if your phone dies. And then I think people will be amped about it. Yeah, that's the thing. It's very much like we do need to make sure that we're kind of staying transparent and like everything is, there is like a lot of safety measures because there is safety concerns like what if your watch was stolen right i mean given in the given in the fact like you're able to put a code like a passcode onto your phone i think that's really good in terms of like making sure that things are safe but yeah it's again this is a lot of hypotheticals it's the same as the google purchasing fitbit debate it's kind of like a ton of hypo- hypotheticals about what could happen i just think overall like what i was kind of trying to get at with the digital car keys is i think it's really cool how phone manufacturers are getting integrated within different cars like apple's integration with bmw or samsung's now newfound integration with audi bmw ford genesis and a ton of other automobile manufacturers i think it's really cool and i think that we could see tesla like experiences with non-tesla cars and i think that's really really exciting that would be sweet that's where we're going right because tesla's you can unlock with your phone you can unlock with a key and the phone and the card and now it's pretty much offering the same thing just no card and i think that's really cool because that's a step in the right direction driving is just a good time and any advancements to driving is fun and speaking of driving i want to just tell you something that i really like this week which is a new song by Olivia Rodrigo Mm -hmm. called Driver's License. This is my first entry into the segment of the podcast, Stuff We Like This Week. All right, so we're switching over, everybody. This is Stuff We Like This Week. This is the, the segment of every single podcast. We're bringing it back, guys. We, we didn't we didn't do it for a little bit there at the end of last year. Bringing it back. We're going to talk about our favorite stuff this week. Sorry, Jack, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. I'm glad that you explained it. This will always be like at the end of the episodes because we want to also like to share things that we like and a lot of it will be tech. Some of it will be other stuff that we like and we're going to put it at the end so you can get all the tech news first and then this. So Driver's License is honestly... No exaggeration. I think it's one of the best songs that's going to come out this entire year. It literally, Olivia set a record, first time ever record with a song, and it's her debut, which is unreal. Wow, that's insane. It TikTok has helped a ton. I mean, TikTok has changed the music industry. TikTok has changed the music industry. Right? Oh, there's so many TikToks about it. For anyone that doesn't know the context of the song, a uh, young woman named Olivia was dating this guy, and they always talked about the fact that they were gonna, she was going to drive to his house when she got her driver's license. And then she gets her driver's license, and they're no longer together. And the whole song is like her basically being like, I got my driver's license last week, something we always talked about, but now... I drive alone type thing. Mm-hmm. I drive alone past your house. I think it's a lyric and it's just so good. The bridge is like no other bridge. It's incredible. A lot of songs this year are coming out with like incredible bridges that take you out of the melody of the song and into a totally new universe. That's one of them. I would highly recommend anyone that listens to this checks it out. It's really good. Yeah, actually, with uh, I think I definitely need to check it out. If you send, put a link in the description, like we will for everything else we talk about and stuff we like this week, or at least we'll try to remember to do so. Yeah, dude, give me yours besides the candle. Okay, so besides the candle, um, it actually is music as well. It's actually a friend of mine. He recently came out with an EP 
and it's released everywhere. Oh, no way. Spotify and Apple Music and I think anyone else, anywhere else you can probably stream music. It was honestly phenomenal. So he's been putting out like singles since last year and then at the beginning of this year, he decided to put out an EP and honestly, I can't recommend it enough. So if you guys want to go listen, support a friend of mine, go check check out Misfits on Spotify or Apple Music, like Misfits, M-I-S-F-I-T-S and it's by Knuckle, N A. K-U-L. He's just like a good friend of mine from, like, I really grew up around this guy. He's a couple years older than me. He's a really cool guy. His music is honestly fantastic. And it's just, it's just really cool to see people that you know, kind of like start creating really, really cool content. And I know that's how I felt when I saw Jacqueline like growing and like growing her channel and stuff like that. I know that's how my family, friends and people around me saw my channel when it was growing, when it was growing as well. I think it's really cool. So definitely go check it out. I really, really like the music. I've been listening to like all of his music on repeat so much. So this is how much I, I, I recommend his music. I listened to his songs so much that one of his songs that came out at the end of last year showed up in my most listened to songs of of the entire year. Wow. Dude, that's like high praise. That's how much I liked one of the songs that he put out this year, last last year. And I still listen to it now. Which one? Uh, it's called Love Song. It's in the same, it's in the album. The album has all of his previous songs plus two, two new ones. So if you're going to check out Misfits, the album, check out Love Song or um, the title track, Misfits. They're both fantastic. I love them both. It's just, it's just really, really good. Go check it out, guys. I, can, I, can't, I can't recommend it more. I've already hyped it up too much. Go check it out. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm actually going to like listen to that right after. Wow, very cool. Okay, another thing that I like this week. Honestly, I'm going to say The Ring, which I talked about extensively, so I won't talk about it anymore, but I got it like three weeks ago, and I, I just I dig it a lot. I like it. I, I respect that. Back to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think probably the last thing that I'm going to add to my stuff we like this week or stuff I like this week. So I picked up a new keyboard. I'm not a huge keyboard or like desk actually no i'm a huge desk setup person my desk setup always is phenomenal i love my desk setup i put so much time into it so anyway whenever i came to school i was essentially just having my laptop on the desk on on like a extended mouse pad and i had it connected to my screen and i eventually realized that my head uh, my head was just hurting my neck was hurting because i was looking down at the screen so much that i needed to have something that would let me just look straight ahead and what i did was i got a riser from my computer so it's on a little bit of a stand and i have a brand new keyboard. And that's what I want to talk about and stuff we like this week or stuff I like this week uh, for my portion of it. I bought the Keychron or Keycon K1 mechanical keyboard. Okay. And I am floored by it. Really? This is a video I will be making very, very shortly, as I mentioned. Yes, I, I'm going to be making a video on this keyboard because it's just, I've never used a mechanical keyboard before and I never wanted to like sacrifice style and aesthetic of my desk setup for a keyboard. I never thought it was that important. So when I saw Keycon and I saw the the aesthetic that I could bring to my desk that kind of just tied everything together, it's a black like aluminum or steel base with these gray keycaps. I feel like it ties in together my entire aesthetic of gray and black in my desk setup. It just looks so good. I can't recommend it more. That's awesome. Yeah, dude, I'm actually really excited to see that video. Yeah, and it's got it's got white LEDs in the under part instead of like RGB because I don't like the RGB. I feel like it, for me, it doesn't fit into my aesthetic too well. But the overall under lighting with the white does and it fits my Apple aesthetic too. It's just great. Go check out Keycon guys. It's actually, they create a bunch of different keyboards. It's not sponsored. Just, I thought it was great. Really good mention for this week. Yeah, that's a great one. And I think that that's the one that we'll leave off on. Sounds good to me. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. We post episodes every single Monday, 7 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Eastern. And we want to thank you guys so much for listening to it. You can uh, follow us on Twitter at Digital Dive Pod. And you can tweet us there if you want to give us any feedback, things you like, things you hate. Thank you so much to our incredible friend and editor of the podcast, Luke. He will be linked below if you want to check him out. And thank you to Adil Constantine for intro and outro music. You killed it. We love it. And uh, thank you again. Thank you guys so much for listening. Also check out our personal handles as well for all of our social media, all linked down below, as well as our personal YouTube channels. Uh, a lot of cool stuff to come on both of our ends. So definitely go check them out. Go subscribe. And I guess we'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good one.